far in this series, um, thanks Phil, we've focused on um, hearing the word, gathering in worship and trusting God with our money and time. So if you haven't caught up with any of those messages, you can do that on our VBW podcasts. Um, all the links and everything is in the newsletter for how you can catch up. So today we're going to jump straight into our fourth rhythm, which you can see there on the graphic um, is prayer, sharing in prayer. Um, so um, let's get into it. So um, Simon, Andrew, Thomas, Matthew, Judas, just to name a few, these lads were um, bunch of, made up a bunch of young men who were following Jesus. Obviously, they made up Jesus' 12 disciples. Now, they weren't religious experts by any means, not when Jesus called them anyway, and um, they were quite young. They would probably have been in their teens, wouldn't they? Maybe in their 20s. And um, what they were was completely sold out on following Jesus. And, um, you know, there was something about Jesus that they couldn't resist. We see that because they just left their jobs and left their homes, their expected way of life and their commitments, and they just left it all to become his apprentices, which is what a disciple means at the end of the day. And um, as they spent a lot of time with Jesus, they quickly realized, you know what, this guy can pray. He knows how to pray. Um, but it's not really like anything that we've seen or, or heard before. This is, this is something a little bit different. When this guy prays, stuff happens. He's so confident that God is going to hear him. But at the same time, he seems to be really dependent on God for everything. And so soon enough, they were itching, weren't they, to find out a little bit more. We want to be like him, they thought. And so they... They probably talked among themselves before they were brave enough to ask a question. But in the end, they asked the question, didn't they? And it's up here on the screen for us. And the answer to this question has shaped, I think it's fair to say, shaped and changed our whole world. And the question was, Lord, will you teach us to pray? Jeremiah 6.16 reads this. Um, Jeremiah says this. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, although these guys were young and inexperienced, they did have the wisdom to ask where the good way was and to ask for help in the area of prayer. Now, we've done it a few times. I'm sure some of you, well, I know some of you have participated in the prayer course with us, but we've heard of the prayer course. It's run by, written by, um, I've come out of the Alpha um, Initiative. And Pete Gregg, um, as we know, we love Pete Gregg on the prayer course. He busts a few myths around prayer. And uh, the main one being your tendency to think that everyone else prays more than you. <laughs> we sometimes think that, don't we? But the, actual, the truth is, we all need help when it comes to prayer. We all need encouragement, and we can all grow in our prayer. So praise God for those disciples who were brave enough to ask Jesus that question and humble enough to ask for help. Now, we know Jesus was more than delighted to teach them, and what we have in the Gospels, known as the Lord's Prayer, is his response. We're going to get to the Lord's Prayer in a minute, but um, Jesus taught on prayer, didn't he, in many ways, he demonstrated how to pray. He incorporated prayer through his parables and teaching. And he prayed in many different ways on different occasions. 
Um, he even invited his disciples to join him in prayer. And have you ever considered even uh, what Jesus is doing right now? What would the answer be to that question? <laughs> yeah. He's praying for us right now. Intercession, another word for prayer, different uh, kind of prayer. So if you ever wonder what Jesus is doing, that's what he's doing. He's praying. Thanks, Phil. Now, I don't know in what context John Wimber said this, but <laughs> I found this great quote from John Wimber. The good news is Jesus is praying for us. The bad news is that we're going to need it. He's been at it a long time and he's going to continue until we get to see him face to face. Praise God for that. Now, prayer is a huge topic. Um, so for today, we're going to have an introduction um, into the importance of prayer and then some helpful pointers um, as to how we can become more effective and constant and joyful, hopefully, in our praying. Thanks, Phil. Now, Martin Luther uh, once said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. When I found that quote, you can imagine I was very excited because we're doing our Breathe series here on following Jesus and what Martin Luther is talking about here. As what we've said with this series is that these are foundational truths and foundational practices that we are um, not coming up with some fantastic new idea for you this morning, but we're, we're tapping into a whole history and a whole foundation for our Christian walk and our Christian faith. And so this is why we've placed prayer as one of these foundational rhythms of our Christian walk. And so to put it quite simply, if you're following Jesus, prayer needs to be part of your daily life experience. If it's not, then you're in trouble. In other words, you won't be experiencing the abundant life that Jesus came to bring for you. Okay, next slide. Thank you, Phil. So this is a simple question, isn't it? What is prayer? And I'm going to give you two minutes to, to turn to the next person. Two minutes might even be too long for us because you guys are all very, very bright and experienced Christians. So you've got two minutes to turn to the person next to you and just have a quick question and um, of that, answer that question for me in a minute or two. Okay. That was countdown, if anybody. Did I do a good impression there, Jackie? It'll take you back a little ways. Uh, <laughs> so you all had something to say there, hopefully. Um, anyone like to quickly call out feedback? What was the answer in your little pair? Talking to God? Talking and listening to God? A conversation with God. Excellent. Thanks, Phil. I was hoping that you were going to get to that, <laughs> which, of course, you were going to. Yeah, so ultimately, prayer is a conversation with God. And it's a practice, isn't it, that God gives us to enable us to connect with him. It's where we get to talk to God. And as Eric pointed out, most you know, importantly, if we wait long enough um, to listen as well and to get to hear what God is saying to us. It's not much fun having a two-way a one-way conversation, is it? <laughs> Genesis 3 verse 8 reveals this wonderful picture of God wanting to, to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day and engage with them in personal conversation. Now, of course, we know how the story goes. Because of their shame and their sin, Adam and Eve had hidden away from God on this occasion. 
We don't know how long it was that they were together before, um, before that event happened. So we don't know how many years or decades or whatever it was, hundreds of years maybe, they had together walking like this. But we do know that God was expecting it. And so on the day that he came and he couldn't find them, he called out to them, didn't he? Where are you? Adam, where are you? And it's a picture, isn't it, of friendship, of God and intimacy. And still today, God is calling out to us. Where are you? He's longing for us to commune with him and to be real with him and to turn to him throughout our day and to walk with him a while and to hear what he has to say to us. Now, one of the most remarkable things I think about our Christian faith is that the God who created the heavens and the earth and everything we can see and things that we can't see, who gives life to everything and holds it all together, that person is waiting for a conversation with you. I think it's remarkable. And not only that, but what that conversation can achieve. That conversation is the means that God chooses to use to see his rule and reign and his kingdom break in into our, our world right here now in the earth. It's remarkable what happens when we pray. Thanks, Phil. This is a quote from Derek Prince. Oh, it's not. I've, I missed this one. You can go back. Thanks, Phil. Um, to know that almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, the ruler of the whole universe, has his ear open to our personal, individual prayer, that he will do what we ask him to do individually, is one of the most exciting experiences anybody can ever have. And let me tell you, if you don't know Derek Prince, he knew a thing or two about prayer. Now, I know you might be thinking, yes, yes, Helen, I know all these things. But still, when we're honest, many of us, in fact, all of us, struggle with prayer. And some of us might even ask, why should we pray? Now, in the prayer course that I just referred to, Pete Gregg busts more myths, and I hope these will encourage you. Um, thanks, Phil. The first great myth um, we heard about just now is that everyone else prays more than us, when the truth is we all need help. The second great myth about prayer is that it always works if you do it right. Well, even Jesus is living right now with unanswered prayer. Another myth about prayer is that it changes us, but it doesn't change the world. Well, your prayers can be a matter of life and death. And the fourth myth about prayer is that some people are just naturally good at it and they can do it. Um, while the rest of us are just doomed to flounder around in spiritual shallows. This is Pete Gregg's <laughs> language. So you will always be bad at prayer. That's a myth. Um, the truth is you can actually be someone who sees miracles in answer to prayer. And I'm sure many of us here can attest to that wonderful truth. So let's have a look at why prayer is important. Thanks, Phil. Uh, the first slide here, um, God calls us to pray. He, he calls us to pray in every situation without ceasing and without giving up. So our Heavenly Father wants us to talk to him regularly, continually, and persistently. 
So prayer is not just a good idea for the super spiritual among us, but it should be our daily bread and butter. So to not pray is to neglect God in our lives. And that's a sure way that we're going to end up draining away what could otherwise be a vibrant life with him. So how's your walk with God going? And how's your prayer life? It's worth thinking about how those two things go together, right? Okay, number two, uh, Jesus prioritized prayer. And Jesus made this the first priority in his life, didn't he? Do you know there's 17 references in the gospel to Jesus' personal active prayer life? And we see in the gospels that his approach to prayer is intentional and disciplined, which is where we all are on January the 1st. (laughs) By January the 3rd, maybe intentional, but not all that disciplined. So Jesus often got up early, didn't he? He went to a quiet place to be alone with the Father. We see that in Mark. That's just one reference. There's heaps of them. Um, And he demonstrated the importance of prayer before big decisions, uh, before and during times of testing. He invited his friends to support him, who, let's remember, is the son of God in prayer. So if he prioritized prayer and he needed support, how much more should we prioritize it in our lives? Okay, thank you, Phil. Number three, Our Heavenly Father rewards us when we pray. Jonathan was talking about this just now. Jesus teaches us that the Father gives good gifts to those who ask him. That's in Matthew 7. And one of the good gifts of prayer is that it not only changes us, but it also um, changes what we ask for. And as we spend time with God, he begins to transform us, doesn't he? He transforms our heart to become more like him. And so when we, when we pray and we want to know who's giving, who's the giver rather than the gifts that we can receive, it's going to move us to ask for what's on the Father's heart for us and for those that we're praying for. Thanks, Phil. Number four, prayer is one of the most loving things that you can do for someone. Who remembers Graham, our founding pastor? <laughs> most of us, hopefully, right? Seven favorite words. What were Graham's seven favorite words? How? Yeah, how can I pray for you? Oh, that's more than seven. Oh, can. No, how. No, how. That's too complicated. Can I pray for you right now? (laughs) Do you remember that? It was one of Graham's favorites, and it should be one of ours too, shouldn't it? How can I pray for you right now? Praying for others opens our hearts to the compassion of God for that person. And we begin to see them, don't we, through God's eyes. Jesus was was often moved with compassion before he ministered. And people feel the love of God moving through us as we pray for them. And people are longing to experience that caring touch of the Father. And we are the conduits through which God chooses to let that happen, which is amazing, isn't it? On Friday... John and I grabbed a kebab and there was a lady who was, um, she had a sore shoulder and she kept rotating her shoulder like this and then her, her husband who was helping in the kebab shop gave her a little bit of a massage and she explained, you know, this wasn't usual but that she had a stiff sh- shoulder. So I, I stood there watching this going on. I thought, oh, is it time, is it, should, I, should I pray for her? But she handed us her food and we went away and ate it and then we came back and I said to God, okay, well, if I see her again, I'll pray for her. 
And when we walked past the shop, she was sitting outside of it all by herself on a chair, going like this with a shoulder. And I was like, okay, I'll pray for her then. So we stopped and we prayed for her. And I can't tell you about her shoulder because she didn't, she didn't, she, she didn't kind of respond in the time if, if God had healed her. But as I prayed for her, I started off by praying and saying, you know, Jesus loves you. Which is interesting because she was a Muslim lady. But she, um, her whole countenance pray, um, changed in that moment because she received the love of Jesus. And so prayer is such a powerful and loving thing to do to somebody. When I prayed for my neighbor one day, I prayed for him and I explained to him that our family prayed for his family. And he just burst into tears on the spot. And I prayed for him and he continued praying. i uh, crying. <laughs> so prayer is a wonderful thing and a wonderful way that we can show love to someone. Okay, thank you, Phil. Um, God uses our prayers to accomplish his will. Now, through prayer, God partners with us to be involved in his work that is going to go on forever. And so when we pray, we are participating in God's will being accomplished, and that's in the Lord's Prayer, which we're going to get to again in, in a minute, which is an awe-inspiring privilege, isn't it? So when we pray, we need to pray with expectation and faith to believe that God will bring about great change in response to our prayers. You know, he did it for me. I'm standing here today because people prayed for me. Phil, could you put up the next quote for me? This is an evangelist, E. Bauman. I haven't heard of him, but I found this quote. Um, he said, search for a person who claims to have found Christ apart from someone else's prayer, and your search may go on forever. I told you before I turned back to God and I was 21 because two of my sisters, well, I've only got two, but both of them, and a friend of theirs got together to pray for me. And they prayed for me every day for three months until I turned my life around and decided to follow God with everything that I had. And I owe those, ooh, I owe those people my life. Prayer, number six, thanks, Phil. Prayer is powerful and effective. It says in James, doesn't it, about this, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so... We need to understand that power at work in us. And as that works in us, we are revived from the inside out as we pray with confidence that God is going to be with us. And the effect of praying in and of itself is transformative for us. And God is able to use our prayers for great works. So knowing that, God has delegated his power to work in and through us, through the Holy Spirit, should lead us to pray in confidence and with authority. Thanks, Phil. Prayer gives God glory. In Psalm 79, verse 9, the psalmist writes this, Help us, God our Saviour, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake. So God always hears the prayers of his children and answers with what we need at the right time. And when ordinary people like you and me depend on God and we remember to give him thanks through our prayer, he gets all the glory. Prayer keeps us thankful. Thanks, Phil. Um, prayer is a way that we can pause and thank God and praise him for all the blessings that he, he showers on us all the time. And Paul, I think, is a wonderful example, isn't he, of someone who demonstrates what a thankful heart is and how important it is to thank God for what he's doing, who he is for one another, 
for praying for our communities of faith, for praying for people who don't know him yet. Paul, if you look through his writings, you can actually find whole documents online where people have collated all of Paul's prayers and they're just phenomenal. So in Colossians 2, devote yourselves to prayer and being watchful and thankful. So our prayer lives should be following that same format, thanking God and lifting up his name in praise and adoration. And that will transform our prayer life if we start in that place of thanksgiving. And also remembering to thank God for prayers that he's answered is really key. Um, having a thankful heart. Thank you, Phil. Now, even when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit helps us. And we read this, don't we, in Romans 8, 26. Um, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So even if you're still feeling by this state that you don't know how to pray or what to pray, <laughs> there's no way out of this one, people. The Holy Spirit has been sent to help us pray. So we just need to ask him if we struggle in this area. Thanks, Phil. I've got another quote here from Max, um, Max Lucado, who says, Our prayers may be awkward, our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Thanks, Phil. Number 10, we pray with faith and persistence, knowing that God is a good father. We keep on asking, and this is what we're thinking about just now. We keep on asking and we keep on asking. We keep on seeking. We keep on knocking. And Jesus goes on to teach, as Jonathan was saying, that we've got a good father and he wants to give us good things. And so we need to keep persisting in our prayer. And not be afraid to keep on asking. Weren't we learning the other day, somebody prayed for 65 years. Who was that? It was on a podcast. We were listening to somebody prayed for their grandfather because um, their grandmother had turned to, 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 to know Jesus when she was younger. And she prayed for 65 years. And then all the family had followed in the grandmother's footsteps. And so they had become Christians. And the whole family were praying for the granddad. And uh, for 65 years before he decided to say yes to Jesus. Wonderful testimony of praying with faith and persistence. And um, Charles Spurgeon says this, doesn't he, Phil? Thank you on the next slide. Whether we like it or not, asking is the rule of the kingdom. So let's not be British and be afraid to ask, but let's just keep pressing in and asking. Right, Jackie and Dawn, no excuses. Okay, so God has got all this covered, hasn't he? Now, prayer um, holds a central place in the vineyard movement. And as we've seen, it's that tool that he gives us to um, enable us to see God's kingdom breaking in. <laughs> we're not going to see God's kingdom breaking in unless we're praying. Um, and so as a movement, we've grappled with this, haven't we, over many years to see in faith that demonstration of the kingdom um, and of our lives, even though we're living in this framework of the now and the not yet. So we've learned how to pray in that tension. We pray for God's breakthrough now while holding intention, the not yet of the kingdom when, when God will come at the end, when Jesus returns to, to fully consummate the kingdom. So what are we doing between now and then? We're praying and we're praying with persistence. Now, just quickly, I feel, I wonder if you could flick up for me. These are, oh no, oh, did I not do this one? Did I do the one before? Oh, next one, yeah. Yeah, these are vineyard values. 
and we'll just look, I'm not going to go into them in any detail. You can read them for yourself there, but it's clear to see that if we're not praying, we're not going to be achieving any of these values. Prayer is in and through everything that we do in, in the vineyard movement. Partner with the Holy Spirit through prayer. We experience and worship God with prayer. We reconcile people and God and all creation with prayer. We engage in compassionate ministry with prayer. And we pursue culturally relevant mission in the world with prayer. So the Vineyard Movement as well is famous, isn't it, for its five-step prayer model, which John Wimber um, developed to equip us to begin to pray and stand in the authority that Jesus has given us to pray for, to see healing um, for the sick um, right here and now and on the oppressed all around us. And in recent years, this tool has been adapted in lots of different ways so that even young children can follow it. And Phil's just going to fl flick that up for us. Um, this is a five-step model now that's been developed to teach children um, across um, our movement how to pray. Um, ask, how can I pray for you? Invite, Holy Spirit, please come. Pray, dear God, please help my friend. Check, what is God doing? And plan, let's pray again sometime. So this is going out across the whole of Vineyard uh, Global to teach our children to pray. And we followed, haven't we, kids, and pursued this in Jump when you guys were in Jump. Do you remember doing this? So prayer is key. So let's just have a quick look now. Thank you, Phil. At, um, at, at We've covered why we should pray. We've highlighted um, as a movement how essential prayer is for us. And so just, to, to, just as we move through here now, um, the question we haven't, answered which we started with is um is how do we pray and that's what the disciples asked jesus wasn't it in the first place so we're going to turn to that now um and um we're going to look at the lord's prayer which is in matthew chapter six and i love in the message bible how this section of scripture is titled pray with simplicity that's how you eugene put, puts it pray with simplicity and this is how he introduces the lord's prayer and the message here's what i want you to do find a quiet secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage the focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace isn't that wonderful okay so well I know I'm talking 19 to the dozen here but <laughs> we're going to move into looking at the Lord's Prayer in a little bit more detail so looking in verse 9, I've gone back now to the New Living Translation. Um, this is how Jesus teaches us to pray. We're going to go sort of, not line by line, but kind of verse by verse, I guess. Um, this then, And uh, we've, I've used some of the material from the prayer course in going through the Lord's Prayer, because the prayer course is based on, on the Lord's Prayer and how Jesus teaches us to pray. So the first part of the Lord's Prayer, this then, says Jesus, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so we can see here that we start by lifting up um, the name of God in this prayer. And Jesus guides us to get everything into perspective before we jump in. So we're addressing God Almighty who holds all the heavens together, the creator of all things, as we've heard already this evening. And then Jesus beautifully shows us that, um, I'll go back one, Phil, that um, this God is also our Father, who cares for us as his children. And so we've got to get that right as we come, that we can be at rest as we pray, 
because we know that God is our Father who cares for us. And this prayer is also, if you notice, to be prayed in community. It says, our Father, not my Father. So we're praying this together as a community. And as we lift him up together, what does it actually do? Have you ever thought about that before? Our unity glorifies God's name. And as we see in, in, in Jesus' prayer in John 17, Jesus prays that as we glorify God's name together, others will turn to him. So as we pray this prayer as a community in unity, it's actually a witness. And it glorifies God's name and people will turn to him. So these first two lines then help us to lift up our eyes and our hearts away from our immediate needs and circumstances and to just do that little slight adjustment of the truth of who God is and who we are as a result, his children. And, that, and so as um, Pete Gregg says in the prayer course, that's the adoration of lifting up God's name as we begin to pray is really key. Thanks, Phil. So for, um, next verse here, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So here we're remembering again who, who, God's, God, who, who God is um, to see things from God's perspective and not our own. In the heavenly realm, God's will is perfectly done. But here on earth, it's a battle. And we've got to remember that as we walk through um, our life here on, on earth. So Jesus teaches us to press in in faith, asking God to align our will with his will so that we can see his kingdom rule and reign. That's his rightness being released in the earth. So we can understand from that because sometimes people get confused and they think, why is this happening? Uh, why is God allowing this? But Jesus is equipping us here to remember that we're in a battle and we need to pray for God's will to be done. So not everything that happens in the earth is God's will, is it? So we need to take hold of that through prayer. We also need to bring our own will in submission there, don't we? With, with God's will, because sometimes we can start praying something and then we realize actually that's not God's will for us. And so as we pray, we get a sense of, oh, yeah, I need to change tack here. You know, that job that I was really going for that I don't, I don't really feel anymore, this is God's will for me. And so that's how this begins to work for us. Okay, thank you, Phil. Give us today our daily bread. This is a familiar line, isn't it? So Jesus is guiding us, isn't he, to ask for our daily needs, which is a reminder in itself that this prayer is to be, is to be prayed, well, you know, we're, we're to pray on a daily basis. Otherwise, Jesus might say, give us for the rest of the week our weekly bread. But he doesn't say that, does he? And that's the point of that is that he wants us to be walking with him daily in prayer and asking for our needs. Um, and so I think that's, that's beautiful, isn't it? It also reminds us that our Father, um, Jesus teaching that he's a good Father, he's going to give us good things. And so um, he is our provider and it helps us to refocus our, our, our heart on the fact that God is here to provide for us. Um, we don't need to struggle in that sense. And some, some of us, all of us are struggling a lot at the moment in terms of our needs, but we need to remember that our Father is the one who provides and so we need to pray. In, in, in line with that. Okay, next one, Phil, thank you. Um, this is the NLT version, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. 
Um, there's a few different ways of rendering this. I'm sure Eric's going to tell me quite a few different ones. But I've got Eugene Peterson's here in the message, which, which um, is great. Uh, keep us forgiving, forgiven with you and forgiving others. So interestingly enough, forgiveness and forgiving is a big deal, isn't it? So we know this because we've been forgiven and we've all experienced God's mercy and grace through Jesus' death. And so here in the prayer, Jesus highlights the need to keep revisiting forgiveness every day. Had you thought of that before? So it's not something that we do once when we turn to Jesus, you know, we've done it and then we don't have to do it anymore. Sometimes you have to keep forgiving the same person, don't you? For many, many years in many different ways until you have really moved through that. It's a powerful thing. So this is so key to our walk with Jesus that he expands on it, doesn't he, in the verses that follow the prayer. And in the message version, Eugene um, uses this paraphrase. In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. So how important is it then for us not to skip through this section of the prayer, but to regularly take time in our lives and in our walk with Jesus to engage with God through forgiving others and accepting his forgiveness of us as well? Do you know the power of God's forgiveness in your life? Do you realize a simple prayer like this can break chains that have held you captive? Sometimes for years. Whereas if you take this part of the Lord's Prayer seriously and stop at it and ask God, who do I need to forgive today? Then he can release you and bring freedom. Thanks, Phil. Um, the last verse here, verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So Jesus wraps up the prayer by reminding us again that we're in a spiritual battle, but that God is here to help us and to strengthen us in our weakness and to protect us from our enemy. Now, Jesus, didn't he? He experienced temptation himself. He experienced the attempts of the enemy to take his life on many occasions. And uh, Jesus teaches us that we're going to face the same kind of attacks. So God works with us through the authority that he has given us to stand against the enemy's work in our lives through, surprise, surprise, prayer. <laughs> so here Jesus is teaching us that on a daily basis, again, we need to be recognizing that we're in this battle and to come to the Father to strengthen us to stand and overcome. Now, at times we know that we, we need help in this area from the enemy's attacks and it can get quite intense at certain times. So it is good to get help from experienced Christians who know how to pray through areas where we have become trapped or oppressed in some way. And Jonathan was talking about the Set Free course and that we're running um, in a few weeks' time. And so if you would like to sign up for that, that um, what did you call it, a shower, spiritual shower, where we get to clean, cleanse off. I put car wash, so Jonathan was a little bit more... In my notes, I've got it's like a bit of a car wash. It feels a bit like that, doesn't it, Ken? Everything kind of, no, that's probably a bad advert. But um, you, you certainly come out feeling <laughs> cleaned up, let's say. Um, huh? Sparkly and you, yes. 
So if you would like to um, sign up for that course and work through some of these areas in your life, then we would love for you to be able to do so. So we mustn't underestimate the power of this simple prayer that we have been taught um, to, um, as we learn to understand each of these requests and to put our trust in God to provide each one of them. It's amazing, isn't it? I was thinking about this. That, you know, Jesus is fully human and he's fully God at the same time. And so he's standing there teaching them how to talk to himself. <laughs> that kind of made my brain go funny in the week. But uh, that's essentially what's happening here, isn't it? <laughs> so if he's saying this is a good like if he's saying this is a good thing to do, then maybe we should take him seriously and do it. I mean it's Kind of simple, really, isn't it? He's going to respond in kindness and mercy and grace and abundance. He's not going to sit there with his arms folded going, oh, you didn't say it right. Yeah, so what I was saying is, you know, Jesus, uh, God's going to answer our prayers, isn't he, if we, if we, if we respond, um, if, we, if we pray in the way that he's taught us to do. And Martin Luther um, has got a lot to say on prayer, and he says this, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of his willingness and I loved that. So there's been a lot that we've packed in here today, isn't there? There's obviously loads more we could have said. Um, Jonathan was telling me that the Australian Prayer Network have been doing prayer schools over the last number of years. And what are some of the statistics, John? They've, they've taught how many people? Over 20,000 Australians have been through the foundational level of the Australian Prayer network training over the last, last little bit of time. And you told me some other stunning stats as well, which were, you can't remember, I'm putting them on the spot. But so these are whole prayer schools going on for whole weekends and I've had 30 minutes and I've taken 33. So um, there's lots more that we could, have, we could have spoken about. But just some quick pointers. Prayer and communion with God spans the entire Bible. It's in Genesis at the very beginning, as we spoke about, and it goes all the way through and is continuing on in the throne room right now. I highlighted it's one of the most loving things that we can do for others. Did you know one of the longest prayers in the Bible is in John 17, where Jesus prays? And he's praying for us as the last thing that he does before he goes to his death, for his arrest and his death. And as we've seen, he's still at it now. Now, if you think that prayer feels hard work, you're right. <laughs> it is hard work, <laughs> but don't give up. Remember, we need to pray on all occasions and without ceasing. Now, praying for others, just a quick, um, um, a quick um, pointer. It's always good to pray in teams or in pairs when you're praying for someone else because we've got one mouth and two ears. Um, and it's hard to use your ears if you're talking all the time. So if you pray in prayers, somebody can be praying and someone can be listening. And in that way, we get to partner with God in speaking his word and hearing his word at the same time for, for the person that we're praying. And so what we want to be doing when we're doing that in church is bringing someone alongside us. So if you're experienced at praying for someone, grab one of the young people and say, would you come and help me pray? And um, that person can then be learning and, and, and listening and make sure you include them in the prayer and, and, and ask them what they feel that God is, is saying. And um, let's make priority as a prayer for Vineyard Brisbane West. We had a fantastic time this evening in our prayer, t prayer times. You can pray for our church um, get together um, on Sundays in our, prayer, in our prayer time there. 
we have various prayer meetings going on in the week. We have a, um, a weekly, a fortnightly prayer meeting in Helen's home where we, we spend time listening to God and lifting up you guys, basically, um, and praying for you. So we'd love to see more folks joining in for that because it can be a real engine room for God's blessings and God's uh, will to be done in our, in our church and our community and wider than that. Um, and pray for your church, pray for one another, and pray for us as leaders. We'd really appreciate that. Um, that's in the scripture too, but I don't have a verse for it right now. Um, Phil, could you pick up the last one? Um, if you're looking for a helpful app, or um, I know there's loads of things on the market, but just we just wanted to recommend this. It's, it's, it's free. It's Electio 365. It's every morning and every night. And uh, there's some beautiful scriptures and ways that you can walk through a daily routine if you're not used to doing that in prayer. And you're thinking, that sounds great, Helen, but I don't know where to start. Check out Lectio 365 um, in the App Store and download it onto your phone and start walking with God on a daily basis. Okay, thanks, everybody. Um, well, quite naturally, should we pray? Lord, we thank you for um, your invitation to partner with us. We thank you for your, your joy at wanting to be with us and listen to us. And Lord, we just want to open our hearts to hear you. And Lord, for those of us who, well, all of us, where we, we haven't done such a great job in this area, Lord, would you forgive us? And would we now, Lord, I just pray, Lord, just for a peace to come over everybody in this room and those listening to this later that there wouldn't be any slave driver in this message. I just release that now. I release any, con I just break off any condemnation or any messages of, of, of religion and needing to attain a certain level. I break that off now in Jesus' name from each and every heart. And Lord, we just want to release your rest into this now. We, I want to release that Garden of Eden, cool of the day, breeze, invitation to walk with you, Jesus. And to have you with us and alongside us. And Father, to know you and to be in your lap and to experience your goodness and your kindness and your open-heartedness to us. And we want to say, Lord, for Vineyard Brisbane West, would you teach us how to pray? And would we become those who are loving in our prayers, powerful and effective? So we lift up each one to you now in Jesus' name. Amen.